All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of your transatlantic bridge connecting Stockholm and Sweden to Harlem, New York City, but to the rest of the world, really. Thank you for tuning into this moment. Guys, I'm really excited about today's episode because today I have invited the, the elder statesman of Swedish hip hop. My dear friend, journalist, writer, DJ, all-around music connoisseur with a deep knowledge and a wise man that I often consult about matters concerning hip-hop and life. My friend Nathan Hamelberg is here with us today. For those of you that don't know Nathan, you're about to get a little taste of this man's greatness. And for those of you who do know Nathan, you're going to be as excited as me that he has joined us on this moment. And as if that wasn't enough, the subject matter we're going to dive in today is Donda, Kanye West. We're really going to dive in on this one. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Nathan, I'm always glad and grateful when I'm in conversation with you. I just really want to thank you for coming on the podcast and to discuss <laughs> the matters of today. So let's dive in. I mean, I guess the first question I want to put to you is, are you a Kanye West fan? I mean, do you identify as a Kanye West fan? To be honest, um, I think when Kanye blew, you know, or yeah, it didn't come out of nowhere if, if one was into If one was reading hip-hop. the liner notes, we, we exactly. saw him in the production credits of, on some of our favorite Jay-Z albums. Absolutely. Yeah. But if you, if you was that, then it was like, when he came, that was such a like, fresh uh, reminder of like, hip-hop can be innovative and could be uh, playful and stuff. And also, I think for me, with his production, a lot of it, it, he was flipping soul samples in kind of Uh a funny way. I mean, a lot of the tunes were like just stuff hiding in plain sight. So Mm -hmm. I think my... Touch the sky. I mean, sampling Curtis like that. um, Yeah, I think my admiration for him is mainly as a 
producer, really. I'm not, I'm not going to mm. put him down as an artist, but I think when in that time in his life, he was focused on that and, and sort of he was trying to make the most out of other people or you know, contribute to other people. And then he just mm. sort of the same creativity went, uh, put him in the limelight uh, mm. and uh, so magic happened. But I think today, I mean, it's more that I would love if he had a bit of a less is more attitude to production. <laughs> and and also yeah, yeah. But I mean, yeah, I'm a fan, but you know, yeah. you know, I'm a fan of yeah. a lot. <laughs> so Exactly. And, and I I wanna establish that also for uh for all of you who have tuned in and for all of you who are listening to us that we're coming from a place of love. And I, and I'm not saying that as taking a deep breath before we, you know, cut in and cut this to pieces, but really we are coming from a place of love because I mean, first of all, we're both deep, deep fans of hip hop music. I mean, beyond fans, hip hop is, you know, shaped us into who we are and it's a part of our perspective and ev everything we see. But just as you're saying, you know, I would say, of course, I'm a, a, I'm a, big fan of uh, Kanye West music. A lot of the songs that Kanye West has made have uh, uplifted me, made me think, have uh, opened uh, my ears, heart, mind. Um, you know, just from several standpoints, I'd say with Kanye, not only is he an innovative and super creative producer, but but he also, like flow-wise, just from a rap standpoint, he has, he has often like surprised me with his kind of... Uh, with his elegance, you know, or elegance might be the wrong word, but just with his, he has a way of, of rhyming sometimes and flowing that's really skunningslust, as we say in Swedish. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 merciless, yeah. Yeah, he, say, he can be merciless uh, but I'd in, say also, in a really cool way. Also, that his rhyming is kind of uh, seamless sometimes. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not, because it, it's like, um, I mean, obviously there are others, for me, the bar is sort of set by Rakim, so you know everybody's <laughs> sub bar. <Yes. laughs> yeah. But but still, having said that, there are quite a few people who can flow like the Nile, and um, mm -hmm. I, th I think um, that's the thing about Kanye. He makes it kind of effortless, which um, sometimes you you sort of the, the hooks, the punchlines, the the you know metaphors and all that stuff bring you in. But a lot of times when it's so effortless, I would say that it actually just lets you focus on what he's trying to say. And which and means that has... yeah, which means that what he's trying to say comes into the spotlight mm. for better or for worse. And that's where Absolutely. I mean that's sometimes Yeah, it becomes a bit um Yeah. Uh, I mean what you know, what Kanye West also has done, if we look at like old Kanye you know, um, college dropout Kanye, Jesus walks, all falls down. There was from the outset, from when we heard him start rhyming, but also his wit. Like, there's a lot of humor that I felt was kind of missing from um, other contemporary hip hop. Uh, if mm. we go back roughly to when college dropout dropped uh, and a, kind of a self-distance and he would turn himself inside out in a very human way that wasn't, you know, especially coming from the, like the Rockefeller family or people like Beanie Siegel or Memphis Bleak or, you know, Jay-Z himself, where Kanye had this honesty about him and, and kind of uh, also coming from a non, I mean, he was street 
but non-gangster in a way that was, I guess, just refreshing to my ears and probably to a lot of people. He puts himself in there in a way that I would say was unusual then in hip hop. Yeah, if you compare, I mean, that was a good analogy or just to compare with the whole Rockefeller crew. Uh, I can't remember ever hearing that kind of vulnerability from, say, Benny Siegel or Memphis Bleak. But yeah, probably from Jigga himself, though. But but not yeah. as much still. But remember Jay-Z made on Blueprint had that, you know, I can't cry. So, uh, or he didn't say I can't cry, but he, I can't. So I'm going to let the song cry, you know, yeah. very uh, manly yeah. standpoint, you know. Yeah. But I think that, I mean, that's innovative in the sense that, um, I mean, you have that in hip hop and you have that in a mm. lot of great hip hop. You have that in uh, Scarface does that. I mean, I see him and, cry i've never seen a man die and so yeah, yeah, yeah um and you have it in, in tupac you <laughs> have it in actually all... that's actually an interesting capture there nathan that he <laughs> says I, I i've never seen a man cry but i've seen a man uh, die. And it's like it's <laughs> more <laughs> in scarface's uh life it was more usual to see murders than, yeah. than men showing feelings uh, yeah but but i mean you know you know this and well i can tell for the the i don't know listeners that i mean i've been doing um youth work for the last five years or so in prevent violence prevention work. So I've done a lot of mm. like, I don't mm. in different communities. There's this, I think it's, there's a kind of holistic attitude you could say is the most meaningful way to do that. And that is to sort of, if you can't have, if you, we can't break through to make like young men yeah. be, allow themselves to be vulnerable, um, yeah. then we can't find a way to deal with um, like endemic cycles of violence, etc. Mm, mm, and I mm. mean, Sweden, we are a welfare state and all that, but as I guess a lot of listeners know, we have our fair share of, or more than our fair share of, of violent crime and stuff. That, Absolutely. Soon to be ex-welfare state, I would say. Also. Something, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And But yeah. to me, when art, I mean, hip-hop in one way, when I was a kid, I mean, we were the same, we're the same age, one of the cool things is to just think of, I mean, we're talking almost like preschool now. I mean, pre-Sugar mm-hmm. Hill Gang and, and pre-Rapper's mm-hmm. Delight uh, on Wax or, or mm. uh, King Tim, or you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, if you take these, I mean, I don't know, Melly Mel and people, they were probably like 14, 15 when they started hanging out with Flesh. Mm-hmm. It's super cool that they had all these braggadocious rhymes. I love mm-hmm. it. I love the fact that people from the South Bronx, one of the most, um, at that time, destitute places in the Western world with like a life expectancy of like, I don't know, 40 something. If people mm-hmm. say I am somebody, but they say it in a teenager kind of way, mm-hmm. it is super cool, but it's probably not going to be so vulnerable. <laughs> it's no, going to be no. a lot of super sperm. And- no, I mean, and also because vulnerability in that place and in many places today is not, um, doesn't equal survival. No, no, it like, could be to your detriment even. So, exactly. I mean, you have to exactly. be somewhere which is safe to even do that. And I would say if you mm-hmm. take JC, uh, I mean, if he's been rhyming about the life he used to live, that is the life on the block. Obviously, you mm-hmm. can't uh, walk around eyes down indefinitely no uh so so um and which is interesting with jay-z because he never really let go of uh 
the life that he once led. But that's been his like, that's been his well that he's you know tapped for mm. most of his artistry. I would say, yeah, and like informs his whole. I mean, even probably out outlook on how to entrepreneurialism make it. and and so forth yeah. and so on. KRS One did say that there should be nine elements in hip hop. One of them mm. being uh, <laughs> street entrepreneurialism. So yeah. <laughs> he's definitely adhering to uh, the old gods' ways. But um, but okay. So first of all, you know, I mean, there's so many uh, angles to to get into this latest album from Kanye. It's very epic in its in its uh, scope. I mean, 27 tracks, 100 and what, 108 over 100 minutes. I mean, you know, he's going on a feature length movie almost. Um, but it doesn't seem like curated or polished or toned down or you know it seems no. a little unfinished right? more is more but uh, yeah, yeah i don't know yeah this thing that you're pointing at is probably one of the reasons why it's going to be spurring like indefinite discussion and i mean there are those <laughs> albums um but having said it, i think i mean the soundscape is still pretty tight I mean, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm not talking <laughs> yeah, about the tunes I mean, being good or not, but I think mm, they are mm. more or less. But, but it's still for having. I don't know. I, I, I lost count, but it's like more than ten producers. When you have mm. that many people involved, and you still get something that is uh, sonically oh. uh, has some coherency to it, then that's an achievement in itself. But and he d- he does make. I mean, he makes beats like. Italians cook food like he doesn't use too many ingredients in the same no. dish. No, and that I do respect. Thing. Yeah, totally. Just on that, um, God breathed track number three, I think it was, where I kind of felt like it was a ah, oh, this is the new slaves, Kanye. All right, and you know, like relentless bars, uh, relentless and merciless. Um, yeah, no. It, it, to me, it was just, you know, and that that gave me that feeling about the album on my first listen, like the first actual track that I, I dug into. And I was like, ah, this is this is something for me, you know, was what that mm. beat was telling me. Mm. But but there oh. is that thing that that it's <laughs> you get that feeling that Kanye West is coming from not maybe a place of desperation, but like his all of this that is. Uh, like beyond just looking at the music itself, <laughs> the whole person uh, of him and all his, you know, uh, uh, ugliness that he's for a long time been very kind of uh, that he's worn on his sleeve in a way that's like provocative sometimes, disgusting other times, just ridiculous mm. and silly other times. You know, this is the guy who said a few years ago that if the bible was written today he'd definitely be in it you know uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so blasphemous absolutely uh i don't know he's both extremely hip-hop and very unusual for hip-hop you know yeah I th- that was a thought i wanted to bring up even if like is this hip-hop and mm. yeah it is i guess yeah but i think we have to land in that yeah but i also thought that it's sort sort of to some extent, it is post hip hop. Mm, yeah. I mean, in the way that I don't know, 
post-punk was punk rock, but punk with other means or something. Mm, mm. Um, because, I mean, just like where I come from, if you like, musically, mm. it somehow it was an emulation of like two turntables and a microphone or something. Mm. That's mm. like hip-hop to me, musically, besides the dancing and graph and like... Or let's say like this, for the past 20 years, Kanye has been one of the, or Kanye's beats, I would say, have been one of the uh, strongest forces that have uh, guided hip hop or, you know, shown hip hop the way sonically. Yeah. I mean, in a way that Premier and Jay Dilla did in the 90s, and Dilla definitely still does, um, you know, even may he forever rest in power, but, you know, um, Kanye West, has, uh, his beats have pushed the envelope, making hip-hop what it is today, or been a, a, a large contri uh, con contributing source to that, I would say. Yeah, I think also, I mean, when you say, like, imitation is the highest form of flattery, I'd say even mm -hmm. in Sweden, uh, up-and-coming producers try to, there's this, like, very dramatic and big, soundscape that Kanye has nowadays. I'm not talking about mm. Mm. the 2004 Kanye, mm. but when some, I mean, I think there's this, we have that thing, like kind of rapping that goes, it shifts from the introverted to the extroverted to the sort of uh, almost pitiful themes or, or very almost sobbing to the extroverted and very like bombastic. Uh, and I think Kanye's contemporary sound and the sound he's had for the last, I don't know, six years or something is almost analogous to that. And mm. that has even uh, influenced how some productions in Sweden are. I mean, mm, absolutely. It's, it's not like skeletal in the way that, trap could be it's more like droning uh synth sounds and it's almost like strings and and yeah a very mm -hmm. it feels like you know some kind of technicolor film but but with the sonic yeah. textures instead looking at it rhyme wise i'll say something that you may find uh, you know that you may agree with or not to me the best verse on the entire album uh, that's on the actual album, I would say uh, to me is the J Electronica. Verse <laughs> on, uh, I was, I was on, hoping you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy that we're, that we're in agreement on uh, track number 17, Jesus Lord. Yeah. I mean, where he kind of just in those, however many bars it is, but let's guess on sixteen. It's an it's a it's a, a it's kind a, of standard. It's a snippet that it should have been have been an Odyssey, but never mind. It was just a snippet we were given. Yeah, it kind of covers the whole. It covers all bases from uh, from start to. Uh, sorry, are you still there? Somebody was yeah. calling me up. No, but it covers uh, the J Electronica uh, verse. I think covers all bases from start to finish on the whole. It's like, if I only need to hear 16 bars of the whole album, those are the yeah. 16 bars. <laughs> like, if yeah. this whole, if all these, like, release uh, uh, mass meetings and everything, if it was just to get Jay Electronica to write 16 bars, then it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, totally. But he's also, I mean, 
that's he has some kind of Stokely Carmichael-y or Kwame Ture kind of mm. on pointness when he spits. And I also yeah. thought of it. I mean, uh, Kanye I mean, is when he all drops, over I the never... place. Yeah. Kanye is all over the place because it's his album. So, I mean, that shouldn't yeah. come as a surprise. But, I mean, what we know about Electronica is that he is more, I mean... He's a uh, mystic. Yeah, and, and the like a written testimony is um, was like you know how carbon mutates to diamond from the like geological pressure of ages. Mm-hmm. He's I don't think he's a reluctant rapper, but mm-hmm. he's not a narcissistic rapper. You could say <laughs> he's not. He's not that, that uh, eager, uh, which really is paradoxical because he's on the definitely most visible and well-known narcissistic rapper on the planet. Uh, yeah, on his album, you know. Yeah, yeah to also- me, Jay Electronica doesn't seem like that. Like, it seems to me that he doesn't even have to. Uh, he doesn't even have to rap. I mean, but he will do it when asked. Uh, but that is something. It's just the. The art is in his exhalation, is is in the air he breathes, so it yeah. doesn't have to be, you know, put on record and sold. Mm, uh, and I think also... I, I, I love when he puts it on record because I always get uplifted from hearing it, but it's kind of like the Swedish rapper Jakke, who also has this just very... Uh, rarely just drops, na- and when he natural. does... <laughs> rarely yeah, drops, just, and just, when he does, it's like he's killing it. Yeah, it's just a natural flow, where it's like... It's so kind of, uh, uh, you know, can we call it big rap energy or something? Like he doesn't even, he has nothing to prove. Uh, and yeah. it's so uh, that just makes his foundation very solid. But when I mean, he drops, anyway, when he drops, I never rolled the GSXR or the R6 or the Honda, but I flew my <laughs> Ducati through North America like Wakanda. Earthquakes will strike this nation for what Bush did to Rwanda, what the Clintons did to Haiti and Downing Street did to Ghana. Yeah. That's where I'm like, okay, thank you. I think he, he could like sit equally well as being a, a minister for the nation of Islam. Mm. Um, so, and whereas Kanye is, is trying his best to have the authority associated with a, I don't know, Southern Baptist minister or something. Mm. And it's weird that, uh, I mean, as much as I admire uh, Ye's uh, tr- attempt to be kind of transparent with like emotional struggles and the loss mm. of his mother and so on and so forth, when Electronica drops his verse, it's just like, yep, yeah, so this is the, <laughs> the, the pure, the uncut truth. 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One of the mysteries with this album to me is also the title, um, the the so clear kind of homage to his mom. Uh, but that's also what I'm missing lyrically on the album. Uh, but but then again, when something is 27 tracks long, just grasping the whole, <laughs> all the all Kanye's verses and understanding, okay, where is he? Where is he going? Where is he in this? Uh, yeah, and it, I don't think could, it could be even that we're like a bit early on this. I mean, it's mm. it could be that half of it has yet to sink in. But I'm thinking um, that it's a it's like a, he's trying to kill too many stones with a <laughs> too many birds <laughs> with one stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that he wants to make. He wants to somehow, from um, from some introspective point of view, he really wants to, um, yeah, address his mother. And mm. but at the same mm. time, then he thinks it's what would be befitting to my mother. Oh, well, that would be my magnum opus. What should my magnum opus be? Oh, it must be the the fattest, illest joint of all time. So I'm going to have everybody and they moms on it. <laughs> and therefore he ends up with having, I mean, it's literally, um, it feels like there's, there's a collaborative feature on every song, which means that the, uh, any focus on his mother and his loss, etc., comes mm. sort of, uh, it gets a bit lost on the way. And yeah, yeah. I, I'm also thinking um, with the collabos, I think 
he almost treats it as a way of manipulating us, the audience, into getting a call and response feeling from it. I mean, people have likened it to gospel, and I can see why or how that makes sense. Um, at least, like, it's a kind of mimicry of gospel, anyway. Mm-hmm. But, I think it's a, it's a, it's more a sampling of gospel than trying to be actual because i've i've read reviewers who say that well this is he's trying to make christian rap but he's not succeeding in it to me he's just incorporating uh uh uh, gospel music the same way he incorporated uh 70s soul uh samples 20 years ago yeah Uh, could be it could be yeah it's just a sonic choice you know yeah, on one level, but at the same time, all the references to God and stuff. I think it's just... No, I believe that he believes in God. That's about yeah, yeah. But to me, I choose to see the, the gospel uh, uh, elements in the album as just sonic choices rather than... Because I don't think that... I know, I going into Kanye and his faith, it, it just that's the part that seems probably most hollow to me. Uh, mm. You know? But yeah, maybe in a way, that's also a Christian tradition, you know, uh, believing and praising, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ. But that at, then at the same time, being able to do horrible, uh, despicable acts on the side, you know. Yeah. And also, I mean, is it aesthetics or is it ethics or is it both? Mm, mm. And um, the aesthetics, yeah, you can sample gospel without it having to be gospel. And mm. then if your themes are as... I don't know if it was, I'm just saying he sometimes stands in the way for me uh, to, to get in that kind of communal mode that I would Mm. probably get from. um, I find it interesting in one way, Nathan, I don't know how how, what your thought on this is, but where faith and and especially Christianity, but also of course Islam being one of the uh, maybe most commonly uh, uh, commonly spoken about religions in hip hop culture, um, I feel that the challenge becomes for in a country like Sweden that's so kind of agnostic and and non faith based. Uh, it becomes a challenge, I think, to Swedish listeners to to you know deal with that somebody's, you know, singing about Jesus and God, but at the same time, uh, you know, standing for kind of coolness, fashion, music. Um, that becomes an interesting intersection, seen from a Swedish perspective. Or, uh, yeah, I'd like to I, see if, if like <laughs> Kanye rapping so much about Jesus means that kids globally who adore Kanye and adore hip hop culture will now become, you know, it's like, I, I got to start going to church more or mm. like, <laughs> I, I'm going to start talking about Jesus too. You know, mm. uh, if it becomes, <laughs> if it, if he makes Jesus trend again in like, in an agnostic country. like Yeah. Sweden. I mean, you, you and I both, we know um, friends from the, if you like Swedish hip hop community, it's, it's a bit weird to say the hip hop community, but we come from a time in Sweden when hip hop was like totally a subculture rather than mm. The, mm. the lingua franca of, of, 
like we knew everyone mm-hmm. almost or we knew of yeah. everyone yeah i mean we would you know that's that guy on the bus i know him he i saw mm-hmm. him at that jam <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like on an almost you know face to face knowing first name absolutely yeah but um some people from that time for them some of them have like found god or found mm-hmm. religious mm-hmm. faith and that for them was almost like uh that continuing with the the rap life or whatever you want to call it would be an anathema i mean it's just like mm-hmm. you have to pick one mm-hmm. um but i think in, in the u.s context probably it's more i mean religion well obviously it informs very many people's day-to-day lives anyway and so does hip-hop and the part about religion that has to do with redemption or the redeeming features of it suits kind of well to sometimes the super contradictory um, life and ideology that emanates from hip-hop because hip-hop is everything from materialism to idealism to activism to nihilism to, you know, all that infamy and... um, So I, I could see how... I mean, I don't know if it's that different from, say, how Al Green would go from a life that he would mm-hmm. have seen as sinful to a life as a, as a person who put his uh, yeah, and put his faith, you know, as the main motivating force in his life or something. I'm not saying that I mean, Kanye it, is, is it, balancing it, it, it the same way, but the thing, mm-hmm. same things are having to be balanced, perhaps. Maybe, maybe I mean, putting looking at Kanye next to someone like James Brown in in kind of being a contemporary god uh, of music and, and not in any way comparing them uh, skills or talent-wise, but because I won't get into that, but just James Brown clearly also being uh, a preacher, you know, but in another form and in another place, but also clearly living a life of sin uh, clearly being more of the world than of the faith. Uh, whereas Kanye is kind of caught in between those two, you know, or trying to, or maybe we're seeing him try to transform or try to find redemption for all these things that he's been talking about on, on all his previous nine records, uh, solo records. Mm. I don't know. And also being like, in the mix and in the midst of everything for one period and then being a complete recluse um, Mm. that just, I mean, I think, um, yeah, Public Enemy said, or Chuck D once said that like Public Enemy's uh, press conferences were more, kicking or, or live than a lot of people's concerts and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. sometimes Kanye's absence is more talked about than his presence even. Yeah. 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 If you want to make a comparison. Absolutely. Um, and, and it also be, and he has, I mean, that juggernaut of, of, uh, insane, uh, speculation, public relations, uh, discussions mm-hmm. about what is behind this, that or the other. Uh, And that has probably, I mean, we've been fed breadcrumbs for what, more than a year 
about an mm. album and the moment it drops it becomes like the second most download uh, or, or streamed album of like all time in the history of mm. Spotify anyway mm. in like a few days mm. um, and that is so he sets the bar for himself in like in perhaps not so favorable way because then if everybody's expectations reflect the amount of attention it's kind of hard to live up to all that. Uh, That's what I mean. I mean, f from an, <laughs> for very much an outsider perspective, freeing, freeing himself from uh, the idea of himself or the perception of himself is, I mean, it's just a clear, to me in a way, <laughs> just the being of Kanye West is kind of a, a testimony to it, like being black can drive you crazy. And, and or you can go mad from it, you know, and then being black and famous and, and super wealthy is not a protection from, uh, from madness, but it can actually just accelerate it. Um, I mean, because on a kind of psychosocial <laughs> comparison, I wouldn't compare uh, Kanye to any other artist right now. I'd compare him mostly to the, to, to the previous president of the United States, who I think shows, I think there are a lot of similarities there as far as like the self-aggrandizement, the, the, the self-pitying, the ego-driven to the point of just absurdity and the very kind of child childlike uh, uh behavior and can i add to that <laughs> i would say yes. as well or stop me <laughs> no 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 yeah. no i want to spin on this and i would mm. add that there were expectations that we could compare to those to the previous previous mm. president that yeah, i mean yeah. a lot of people had you know yeah kanye in the way that people hoped that obama would would uh save america mm. um I think people had the feeling that Kanye will you save hip hop and the mm -hmm. save hip hop uh, idea. That's all cool in um, yeah, sometime mid last decade, or mm -hmm. I'm sorry, second. I mean, in in two thousand five, two thousand six. That's mm -hmm. a not save, but it's a yeah, super it healthy. It, yeah, it was a mm -hmm. super healthy uh, kind of inflection into to mainstream hip-hop mm. uh, and and also i think aesthetically when somebody who's smack dab in the middle of the mainstream of hip-hop i mean if you're basically uh handling the gears at rockefeller uh sonically then you have mm. so much influence on what the soundscape is going to sound like and i think mm. at that time and almost like five years before that there was that Grand Canyon divide between uh, bling, bling kind of mainstream jiggy rap, rap yeah. and jiggy rap and, and uh, some kind of backpacker indie mm. rap. Like you had on mm. one hand, you had um, Bad Boy Records and on the other hand, you had probably like... Uh, yeah, Raucous or Fondlem or, or yeah. Stone Throw. I mean, I don't... Stone Throw is probably... I mean, they're not... They're not that backpackery to me. They're kind of, you know, it's just quality hip hop. But, it's eclectic, yeah. Yeah, but so when Connie came, he flipped the script a bit with like how he flipped the beats and how he mm. uh, hooked up samples. So mm. made 
he gave that uh, production aesthetic a bit more of longevity mm. and, and infuse it back. But I don't know if he can change hip hop in the same way today. I mean, I don't think making that gargantuan uh, one and a two, almost two hour long albums in itself. It's like, I mean, who many, who is going to remember half of the, the, the tracks? Mm. Mm. I mean, I can <laughs> hardly remember all the tracks on the Law and Theory. <laughs> uh, I, I think I'm, you I'm, can. I'm, I'm if, provoking, uh, hold yeah, on, uh, hold on. I'm if we dig provoking. into that, I, I think we only need 10 minutes to, to remember all the tracks on. Uh, yeah, now I'm just provo- I can probably wrapping half of them by heart. But I'm just, just saying. Just the fact that Sadat X was was one of the features on Low End Theory. And just Diamond thinking and about that makes yeah. me happy. You know, yeah. it just makes yeah. me happy. But, um, but let me say this then, uh, Nathan. Uh, it's interesting, mystifying, and bewildering, I would say, that the best verse uh, on both <laughs> Donda <laughs> and Certified Lover Boy, like the best verse I've heard in the past two weeks uh, is a track that wasn't on Donda, but mm. was supposed to be on Donda, but that Drake leaked. So oh. Andre 3000's verse on Life of the Party, I think is the most, it's one of the most beautiful rap verses that I've ever heard. It's one of the most heartfelt, open, just human uh, 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 reflections on a son to his mother. I, I mean, that that kind of sums up everything that I I wonder if if Kanye actually would want to say to his mom, you know. Yeah. Anyway, it sums up what what Andre wants to say to Kanye's mom about his mom, which yeah, is also think, such a skillful and elegant and beautiful way of 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 saying what he says. Yeah, and I think I I, um, I watched this interview as like years old with Andre when he was talking about where he was at that time, I guess. And he was mm. more, uh, just as much or more uh, mm. into acting than he was into music. And Outcast were basically, not defunct, but yeah, hiatus or something, I don't know. But he was basically speaking about that. He'd given up on, on being a rapper or like on, on hip hop. Not that he mm. gave, he, he had not lost faith in, in hip hop, but he had lost faith in him being able to be I mean, he was talking about like to do the hip hop, you got to be hip, and I'm too old. You know, the youth mm, today, mm. the young cats, they, they mm-hmm. they're killing it. So I can't that's kind of that. how I feel, Nathan. Yeah, but you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you should welcome the diversity. <laughs> mm, mm, no, mm. no, but but the point I was getting at is that I think it was perhaps from when when you embrace such an insight or feeling, then that opens up to deliver something else with your music. Mm. So when Andre was like, okay, almost like I'm out. Then when he gets in still, he drops the bomb. And then unfortunately it's not in the, on the album. But, but I think that's the thing with, um, um, which is typical for Kanye, but it's, I mean, it's probably just as true about Big Boy and Andre and, and loads of, or, or Jay-Z or, that a lot of rappers they have personas that are so they're so like entwisted in their own personas. Mm. So to, I mean, 
even Prince couldn't like get out of the constrictions that came from his public persona. He was recluse himself. And then we came out, people still had, oh, so is there going to be a like Purple Rain track on this new album? You know, <laughs> because they were wanting <laughs> yeah. more of the same. Um, I think, uh, okay, let's not dissect you, but you've uh, balanced that quite well by just continually um, reaching out into new territories. So you don't, mm-hmm. I mean, not let those kind of stale expectations uh, grind you down. And I mm-hmm. guess... One part of that, but correct me if I'm wrong, comes also from like Sweden. We're in, at the margin, so just the demographic, uh, you know, the, the market you have to appeal to has to be. You have to reach for new markets. You have to try yeah. new means. You can't just, I mean, otherwise, you know, I wish there was a too short to do the same thing over like twenty albums and all <laughs> of them were slamming. But yeah, nobody's gonna yeah. do. Nobody's gonna listen no. to that in Sweden. Not within. Not within hip hop in Sweden. No, so then, I mean, if you do start to experiment with, like, uh, dance music, like a house, or you start experiment with uh, Caribbean music or African mm-hmm. influences in music, and even though it's still held together somehow through rap, the, the artistry becomes so diverse that you're, I mean, I think, truly, I, I'm saying this, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about this, <laughs> uh, but, I, but I, I think that's an explanation to your longevity as an artist. Uh, Thank to you, be brother. constantly uh, reinventing yourself. And you also have took time out to do other things. And then that makes it possible to come back with a lot of like more vitality from exploring other art forms. Um, yeah, because there's there's something so innately hip hop uh, about playfulness. Uh, mm. Even though hip hop was, as you say, was it's machismo has been a, a part of it since it's <laughs> since hip hop was a child. Uh, mm. uh, posturing, uh, toughness, uh, mm. but but playfulness has also been. Uh, uh, like a fiber that runs through the culture, but I would say in the two thousands in this new millennium, it's uh, mm. it's uh, it's it's scarce, you know. Uh, mm. That's also something that I thought I, when I think from now twenty twenty one to when I heard College Dropout that again there was a playfulness and and a kind of wittiness and a mm. self distance that was. Uh, like some irony and uh, the ability to laugh at yourself um, that um, hip hop in its kind of twenties or in its uh, early thirties was taking itself very seriously. And now Mm. that, you know, uh, now that hip hop is nearing its fifties, you know, a lot of uh, its demons kind of are coming out uh, in Mm. a way, you know, or some, yeah. uh, pa- some pathologies are starting to show. And, and I will say, you know, uh, and we're not going to, you know, um, talk too much about, I guess, about um, Drake or Certified Lover Boy, but that that came out at the same time. To me, I think, I think, to me, undoubtedly, Kanye's, uh, I, undoubtedly, Don does the more culturally important, uh, you know, work of the two. Uh, mm. Whereas to me, Drake is more just a, you know, a, a pop artist who happens to have an a extremely um, 
uh, golden flow, you know. Mm. I mean, okay, the, I the guy could flow for days, but but his like, but at the same time, we have these two artists that are like gods of contemporary music. Like they, they're it's like uh, Michael and Madonna, or like you know, um, mm. Bruce, yeah, they're Bruce. just like. Prince, Bruce, yeah, yeah. Prince. Bruce and Prince, Michael, Madonna, you know, uh, exactly. No, 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 Bruce, um, Vito and Sal. Uh, uh, but um, uh, where was I getting at with that? Uh, yeah, but that that they're two. It is both albums are so ego driven, self aggrandizing, self pitying. I mean, there's all this like very mm. kind of. Uh, uh, it's just uh, ego-driven masculinity uh, and, mm. uh, you know... Um, but I, I won't argue with that, but... And I won't argue with that description of either of them. But to me, you know, Ye in one corner and, and Drake in another, to me, that's like KRS versus Nelly. <laughs> sort of, if you <laughs> like. I mean, this is <laughs> and, very I mean, interesting. Because I, would, I would never otherwise compare... Yay no, to no. KRS, but in no. if that was the ring, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they okay. would inherit I, those trunks. And you know, I wish Nathan that just one of these two guys would say even a peep about KRS because it is a well-known fact that anybody who KRS like if you have beef with KRS One, your career in hip hop is basically over after that. <laughs> Uh, you know, Nelly is just like the latest example of it. You know, PM Dawn were never again uh, heard about, you know, which yeah. was also very odd. Uh, that was an odd beef in hip hop. Uh, <laughs> totally. You know, people don't even remember uh, PM Dawn. But, um, you know, same thing with Shan. Unfortunately, they were more, I would say, equals. Um, anyone mm. who ever tried to take a shot at KRS-One got dissed and and... And that was that, you know. Mm, I guess uh, it's like Roxanne Chante is the only surviving person who lived to yeah. tell ish, you know, mm, of Shen mm. too. But I mean, but I, th- I, I heard an interview with, with Kane when he talked a lot about it. And I think with the whole Bronx, uh, Queensbridge thing, that was to some extent some kind of um, friendly competition still. Mm. But with like Nelly, or I, I think today people are a bit more, you know, sensitive about it because some of the beefs are basically seen as like attacks on hip hop. Mm, mm. You know, you're attacking our art form, or something, which is also mm. a bit weird since hip hop today is so big that perhaps the collective like confidence of being attacked would be like yeah so what just yeah i mean this is more like jeff bezos and uh who's the or and uh, elon musk having beef it's mm. as uninteresting as that oh. in a way oh you mentioned <laughs> bezos and i'm th- i thought about that <laughs> earlier today i just felt like you know in all its grandeur what mm. if don i mean there there is messages hidden on, on don that there are messages that aren't even, are not even hidden Mm. But the massive apparatus around that surrounds it is a bit like um, if if you have somebody building some private run uh, space shuttle, it's as if from some reverse psychology we're duped into thinking, and then there must be a great message behind it or a great idea fueling it. 
mm. when it's just like a manifestation of ego. I'm not mm. going to say that Donda is a manifestation mm. of mm. ego only because it's a lot of things. But this whole super impressive, incredible lineup of, of producers and, and, and again, features and stuff, sometimes I just feel it's like detrimental to, to the art. Uh, getting the message across or, or you know, the, mm-hmm. the, so mm-hmm. I wish, um, what if he dropped like an EP mm-hmm. of six, you remember like, I'm going to sound like the, the <laughs> old grumpy man that I sometimes <laughs> am. <laughs> what if he dropped like, you know, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, uh, mm-hmm. all sold out EP, or he dropped like a hundred miles and running, uh, NWA. I mean, just that mm. drop something that is that, uh, focused six or seven songs that blows everybody away. Or like yeah. showbiz and AG did. Uh, I, I'm I, I don't know. I, I don't know what that type of uh, wealth uh, and standing uh, um, does to a human being, but I think we're seeing some kind of, uh, you know, when Drake dropped that video uh, that was recorded inside of his home, that's basically, you know, a palace beyond uh, comprehension. Uh, mm. Right at the outset of. Uh, right in the beginning of the pandemic and people are like, ah, okay, well that's really, you know, kind of, uh, that's very, that's very sensitive of you, Drake, to show your, you know, uh, the opulence that you surround yourself with. Flaunt your wealth, do it. Yeah. Flaunt your wealth. This is the time for it, man. Really, um, you know, um, I, you know, what that does to people like, uh, you know, I mean, Jeff Bezos also came up from selling books and out of his garage and, 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 Kanye carried around his samples in his backpack and now they, you know, they definitely made something out of themselves and they, they made a lot of money out of it. Uh, but it, it, it also took its toll. You know? mm. um, and at the same time, I, you know, <laughs> I think about uh, diving into some hip hop detail and lore, the, the, the supposed beef between uh, Kanye and Drake what I can glean from it has its roots in uh, accusations of of Drake having ghostwriters or Ye having ghostwriters. I'm not entirely sure. Mm. But since you just ma- uh, mentioned the uh, all sold out EP, I think Pete Rock is the only person who's been forgiven for for having a ghostwriter in uh, it, like in all of hip hop. I mean, it yeah. was well known <laughs> that Grand Pooba wrote his verse on uh, on uh, the creator. Yeah. And you can really tell too, but like nobody minded because Pete Rock made the dopest beats and uh, yeah, and Grandpa, yeah, yeah, yeah. he chose a good ghostwriter. You yeah, know? but if, if if he would have like, you know, Ice Cube's, yo, Dre stick to producing, if he would have said yeah. that to Pete Rock, we would, everybody would still be, okay, this is one of the gods of hip hop. <laughs> so <laughs> it doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> and, and for Dre, like we always, always knew that he had ghostwriters, but I've never really... I've never listened to Dre as a rapper, even when he's rapping, you know. No. Uh, it's just, but the beats alone, or him kind of uh, as the CEO of of the beat-making squad mm. that was making Dr. Dre's beats, mm. um, was just very good at his job. But the, but the one thing that f- rings a bit hollow to me about those accusations towards Ye is that his rhymes are a bit 
too good on average for me mm. to really grasp why he would need like a cost. You mean, know what I'm saying? I mean, and besides, if, if he was subpar and all of a sudden mm. had like some outstanding rhymes, then that would seem yeah. like kind of, whoa, this is fishy. But his yeah. raps usually are kind of good. Uh, they're, they're good, not kind of, no, exactly. they're good. So why would he, I mean, it, it doesn't really make sense. It's like if somebody would have, you know, he's not, he's not Rakim, he's not Guru, he's not, but he's not Ghostface, but he is, he's not. Yeah, no, he, he holds his own. He, he's you know. own, yeah, exactly. I mean, so mm. it wouldn't really make sense. But whereas, I don't know, Drake has a kind of flow, but I don't know about the, the rhymes per se. If they're, yeah, I, I I can't even get into Drake's subject matter. It's just too much, too much for me. And I think that's what's become really uh, obvious with the release of yet another Drake record, with which which contains a lot of catchy melodies and uh, some really dope forty beats and some dope uh, uh, Drake rhymes. But at the same time, I've never really nothing, no, nothing that Drake has no Drake lyric has is like stuck in my head but he's made some dope songs i mean zero to a hundred you know uh mm. uh started from the bottom or you know god's plan which is one of my favorite tracks but it's not you know the lyrics never really stick i mean it's not know, carried uh, by the rhymes it's not no it's not that that makes it but it's also i mean so many times when i've been djing the last 15 years i mean i've really to some extent, uh, drifted a bit from DJing hip hop. I mean, I've never mm, given up mm. on it. I've always been de- spinning hip hop in the seven. Don't ever give up, Nate. No, no, no but it, when, when that <laughs> happens, I'm, I'm going to give up on life. But uh, mm. but the thing is, it's more like I I I think to me, hip hop is almost like an attitude. So mm, exactly. it's a way a way uh, of seeing the world. Yeah, and it's of, like yeah. assembling your shit. I mean. It could be the beats, but it could be the sketches in your black mm. book. It could mm. be the the rhymes in your on your rhyme pages. It could be your ideas for sampling, but it could also just be how I'm, how am I going to knock the world out with this DJ set? How am I going to uh, mm. amass all this stuff and hook it up in an ingenious way? So, mm. I mean, for me, it could just be like Kenyan version of Sukhus music mm. Um, mm. and mix that with some Jamaican soul covers and the, lift the drums from that mm. and drop those bombs. <laughs> it doesn't have to be yeah. Um, so for But I will say, you know, we could be grateful to Donda for uh, giving us that Jay Elect verse and uh, a lot of dope beats and uh, and a lot more memorable rhymes. I mean, the 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 Griselda feature on "Keep My Spirit Alive" was really really mm. dope, and the beat too. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good moments on the album, but it's too much. I had to directly just make a playlist, put in my ten favorite tracks, and that was that. I can't, mm. you know, like a hip hop DJ. <laughs> like, but it's always been like that with uh when people would drop double cds and like i'm prince dropping triple cds and stuff that that the maximalist approach is just it's a lot to take in you know mm. i don't know if I you've th- played uh, uh 
crystal ball from beginning to end, you know. No, and, and, but I think know. that that development is a bit like technology driven or like identity meets technology driven because mm. like, yeah, you know, when we grew up, it was like 12 inches to be played on a dance floor. Because That's all you rap, could, yeah. Because rap didn't get any airplay anyway, or mm. unless it was like underground or college radio or something. But mm. uh, and then what we call the golden era is basically the time when hip hop got the level of acceptance that mm. uh, full-length albums came to dominate and basically that it was commercially available for more than people who would buy uh, 12 inches. And, uh, mm. and then come the internet as the main source for music, I think it got sort of diverts into two ways. On the one hand, people drop singles all the time. I mean, you've done it yourself. Like drop mm. a digital release, mm. one or two or three tracks, which is just enough for people's like attention deficit problems or whatever to deal with. Mm. Mm. Or people drop these insane maximum magnum opus, two, three CD equivalents. Uh, mm. Mm. And um, I mean, I've seen a few in my days. I mean, like um, Tupac dropped one of them but Goldie you know right. drum and bass producer Goldie did the right, same right, right. and it's 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 almost like you're making an artistic statement like something you would get at a museum at an exhibition that's not really meant for consumption but it's more like no. a you've made your <laughs> to mark to keep you <laughs> to keep you in the room kind of yeah to keep people in awe like look what I've done yeah. and then to any realistic approach will be okay so I'm going to pick my nuggets out of this I'm mm. going to curate this myself and cherry pick these two or three or ten songs were my favorites, so they're on my list. Uh, that's I think that's the only meaningful way to to uh, in, you know interact with it, and that means that I think everybody's becoming more hip hop because everybody is mm. mixing music in their heads. The, exactly. Everybody's making natural their playlists. Way, everybody's everybody's making natural, their yeah, everybody's yeah. natural uh, way to to consume music. Yeah. Is I mean, think of the the Herbie Hancock uh, Rocket video. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was insane then, and mm. I know it, like people who that was their cue to start DJing, mm. and it was like this whole yeah. Because what, what was Grandmaster DXT? No, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Was cutting he, on uh, on Rocket. Yeah, uh, but I mean, more aesthetically, it was Goldie and Cream. I think who, who did the. We made a video, but it's like a shock introduction to collage art, mm. um, cut and paste, and all that stuff. Yeah, everybody can kind of be their own DJ clue today. Like you, yeah. you can drop your own like mixes yeah, so, in your phone. You know. Yeah. So everybody, I mean, all the kids now making great films and videos. Mm. They're they're taking off from there, but it's just that they they only need their own phone. They don't need some super camera, but they actually they take the 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 train, film stuff on their way. They mm. shoot stuff in their everyday environment and juxtapose it to some bombastic urban landscapes or features and mm -hmm. and put a rhythm to it. Mm. So everybody's everybody's a hip hopper. Even the, exactly. the indie rock kids are hip hoppers now. They just—they haven't come hip -hop around to understand. Hip hop one over that. indie rock, man. Yeah. Hip hop one over everything right now. They just haven't understood yet. Mm. 
Mm. Exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, obviously, <laughs> hip hop is a lot of like DIY indie too, from, mm. from the other. Is it? End. Can you call out any favorite tracks from the album from Donda? Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, Jesus Lord is one of them. But I would say, and this is the old school traditionalist in me, I really mm. liked Heaven and Hell mm, with the okay. Heaven and Hell sample uh, because it's just that. That's not on my list. This is you're kidding. Yeah, uh, I got so, I got to go back. Yeah, you mm -hmm. you should. Um, no, it is on my list. It is on oh, my thank list. God, thank Oof. God, thank Oof. God. I was, I was losing my faith. Nah. <laughs> but I have to say, on the other, you know, reversely, that um, the kind of stadium rock sound that Jail kicks off with, mm. I don't know. What room are we going to... Where are we supposed to be when we hear that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you think rap is at a party or mm. at a club or on a dance floor or in your Jeep no, I hear you. or now, you know, the, the jail track is kind of tired. I mean, to me, uh, yeah. to me, the My album starts with God breathed. It's just the Jigga feature on jail. And that's the nice yeah. thing. Yeah. But that's the nice thing about that track. That's the only My friend, reason I, My I friend Mander, I think you know, you know Mander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I know he, who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, he's a friend of mine. He used to do like a lot of posters for my friend Linus and my club at Bring the Noise. Mm. Well, that's, a, that's like a small, <laughs> minuscule <laughs> part of his output. He's done, you, you know, he's done yeah. uh, album covers for KRS, speaking of. Wow, the I did yeah. not know so that. So he's done, he's done yeah. some legendary stuff. Mm. Uh, but he's done a lot of like, you know, skateboard art and stuff too. But anyway, he used to say that I love rap, I love metal, but I don't like, I don't like rap metal. And I get a <laughs> rap metal feeling. Of yeah, from that guitar there on jail. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and it's having said it, there is obviously some nice rock uh, rap collabos. Not only good, there's some great ones. <laughs> there are, there are. I but, would say the most, the most successful melding of uh, rock and rap it was actually a Swedish artist. In my mind, there's no better example of a rock rap album than uh, Thomas Ruschak's Magic Villa. I would say yeah. of all, like even you know, within global hip hop culture. Okay, in my world, he. So that's a tall he, statement. Yeah, <laughs> uh, to me, he would have to fight it out with Ice T. But that depends. Okay, on if yeah. He, he, but Ice T, but Ice T more went like he went one hundred percent metal, like with yeah. body count and like really. Yeah, he but okay, he's okay. He has I'll, body count, which is totally in its genre, and then just his own catalog as a solo yeah. artist, yeah. which is solid in his genre. Totally, and I, I mean, I love Rushek's album, and I, I really like him as an MC as well. Mm, uh, mm. And it was just like he decided to shout go out Ru. Yeah, shout out. But he was went his own way, and um, mm. it's just that I guess um, not everybody's looking in the periphery the same way as they do look at something like Donda. And uh, there's there's uh, some comfort probably in having that space to do stuff that's not on on everybody's radar. Um, because you yeah. can be a bit more experimental. Yeah, no, absolutely. It doesn't pay the bills, though. And it's it's amazing <laughs> how much we care about, you know, um, that it really uh, uh, 
having these kind of mass televangelist, uh, uh, the, the ex-president of the United States style of kind of mass meetings actually worked. Now, like, mm. you know, a significant part of the Northwestern Hemisphere hemisphere mm. is listening to and talking about uh you know about donda um and and even people who don't like it who 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 don't like kanye west as you know who as an he, idea uh, a person or what he represents. yeah yeah or, exactly yeah. what he represents and it the, the different very strange and sometimes uh just tasteless things that he does and says um mm. uh, people still kind of care on some level or love to hate, or just... Uh, but yeah. I used to say before that I think uh, Jigan, more than anyone, sort of embodies um, the triumph of hip-hop. I mean, mm. he's mm. there are loads of other uh, rappers and producers that I rate higher. But I rate JC, but I'm saying that he was sort mm. of... Um, he represent where hip hop became that super mainstream act that people, nobody could disregard. Mm. And like, okay, if you, if you, I'm, I'm not going to say that one is bigger than the other, but if you take Beyonce on the same, uh, we put them on the same board, uh, you know, mm. Super Bowl and stuff. My friend Jacob made the point that he went to see Big Daddy Kane in Stockholm in, I think, mm -hmm. 1989. I was there too, but I mean, he made this observation. I think there was like less than 100 people there. Mm. It was at a place called Kulingsborg. It was like nobody there. Mm -hmm. And that was a case where everybody knows each other was there. Mm -hmm. And then a bit more than two decades later, there's this festival in, in uh, Dalarna in Sweden uh, called Peace and Love. And... Um, JC is headlining and it's like 45,000, which is a lot for a for music or rock festival. That's like as big lot, as it yeah. gets. And he's headlining. So during those two decades, two plus decades, um, yeah. hip hop goes from being in the margins, in the basements, in the poor working class suburbs, in the, mm. you know, and being the like ugly duckling of pop music. But that sometimes has been given the role to represent some kind of mm -hmm. youthful vitality and playfulness. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like the biggest thing that everybody relates to. And when I say everybody relates to, it's also that they sort of relate some kind of uh, hope and also disappointment to. So people follow a thing like a Donda, an, an extracted Donda release with all these listening mm -hmm. parties and stuff. They follow that. They could be following world politics. They could be following, I don't know, forest fires in Australia. They could be following God knows what. All kinds of things. But they're following... Um, unless you're living in France, people are following the Donda release <laughs> as much as they would be following French politics. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it's a testament to how much culture means to us. I mean, and, and specifically, I guess, for you and I, how much this culture means to us. But yeah, it just it becomes almost like it, it's a global event in a way, you know. Yeah. I'd be but really my... interested to hear. I mean, I'm sure kids in Mumbai to Mombasa to Mongolia are, are blasting Donda too. It's not yeah. just the Northwestern Hemisphere. 
at all. Of course not, uh, not, not at all. But I want to know if it's like, is this a Pyrrhic victory or is it a victory? Because um, it's like a kind of fallout from this development. And I'm, I don't want to. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. blame uh yay in that way because if it was a pyrrhic victory that hip-hop got the sort of center stage um it's not any one person it's more some people were catapulted there because of uh hip-hop's dominant position as a cultural it's force global cultural force yeah hmm. no 100 percent it remains to be seen, but um, I guess we can land in the fact that, uh, you know, no matter what we, you know, the the different uh, uh, pros and cons of this, you know, seen as just a musical album or uh, a musical body of work, it it means a hell of a lot, you know, uh, mm. even <laughs> even when we don't understand what that is or that it seems meaningless or poisonous even, uh, but it means something, but it, it's early to see exactly what, you know. Nathan Hamelberg, thank you so much for coming on this moment. My brother, it's always uplifting to be in conversation with you, you know. It just, uh, it makes my soul smile, man. So, Likewise. Uh, it's been yeah, great. Man. Yeah, man. Thank continued. you so much. To be continued, and everybody out there, uh, listen to your favorite hip hop. Thank you for tuning in to this moment, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.